Hey, it's episode 39 of the Auto Week podcast. I'm Rory Carroll. To my left, we have Wesley Wren. Oh, yeah, we're doing scary. Uh, Gory Scarroll, that was the one I meant to say. Uh, Graham? Sorry, I don't have a scary name. I tried. Your name's kind of scary. He's got to say it real spooky. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. All right. But, but yeah, I mean, I guess it is kind of The spooky. mad scientist. Maybe like Von Kozak. That's kind of cool. <laughs> I like Baron really, Von I like Kozak, it. yeah. Print it. Making her third or fourth appearance. Something like that. On the podcast we have. Natalie Neff. Crowd favorite. Nothing scary there. I don't think there's anything scary there. No. Or anything scary to be made. Probably well, that. as we learned in the last spooktacular, in the last take that we did of Mini, cars aren't scary inherently. Cars, yeah, no, this is a stupid <laughs> idea. That we're doing again. Which is why we're back. <laughs> With uh, Spooktacular 2, it was maybe the least uh, well-received episode of the podcast. In fact, if I remember correctly, the Spooktacular was the cause of a kind of come-to-Jesus moment in the history of making the podcast. Where I can't wait to see how great it gets after this one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where we, uh, we decided we, we didn't know what we were doing. We had to think this through again. And so. the irony is uh, we did the Spooktacular after the two-and-a-half-hour monster trucks uh, adventure. Yeah. No, I think... The, Which was a, the spectacular may have been the the straw that broke the camel's back, but the monster trucks one was uh, it was something. It was special. Um, but good, yeah. but we're back with the spectacular, a rehashed spectacular, and kind of a preview of what's coming in the off season of the big racing world. Yeah, we're gonna dive into some more movie reviews. Which there's no better time to watch a movie than October 30th and 31st. Cozy blanket. You get that uh, fire roaring in the other room. And then Ooh, fire roaring. Is that your Christmas name? Uh, no, we did. Uh, I did briefly want to touch, too. Um, you'll notice none of the motorsport staff has joined us. We are wrapped up with everything except NASCAR and Formula One and WRC and <laughs> NHRA. Uh, NHRA uh, and, the, uh, well, so the big I, reason is they're at the Formula One race right now. Yeah, I'm headed out there tomorrow oh. uh, to go watch my favorite driver. Uh, Lewis Hamilton. Lewis Hamilton. Uh, Take the crown. His championship. Uh, not wrap it up, but you know what I mean. Um, he, he could seal it up this, yeah. at this race. Went to Petit Le Mans last weekend. Was super awesome. We were going to talk about the 25 different uh, championships and uh, trophies that were handed out on Sunday, but I think we'll save that for a different episode. Um, but it was a really awesome time. It was my first time at that race, and it was totally packed. Um the environment's really, really cool, and um, you know the the fans were, like I said, shoulder to shoulder. Great to see kind of the health of, of that series and sports car racing generally. And you were there rubbing shoulders with people. Oh, I was rubbing shoulders, baby. Yeah, I was, I was right there. But I did see a boat parked in the infield and kind of like a makeshift uh, spectator boat. That was a good idea, one that I had not really thought of before. So was it on a trailer? Or yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, that- yeah, I mean, it was kind of like, you know, it's tall. Yeah, what the heck? If you could get that thing powered, yeah. it's got a bathroom, a kitchen, yeah. a couple beds. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, that is. But, but so does a tr- like a trailer. Like a, yeah, but it's <laughs> not a boat. But it, you, can't put your, you can't put the trailer in the water. I mean, you can put it in the water, but it won't. It sinks. But you can put it in the infield just the same as a boat. Yeah, but then you have to have two things. So this way you have a boat. You use it as a trailer one day a year. Yeah, I thought it was pretty smart. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I got uh, a dog in this fight. Yeah, so it was cool. We oh. saw um, uh, Don Panos had they had a bunch of his cars, road cars, and race cars 
a really nice tribute to him before the race and after the race. And then during the race, we had some commentators jump on the broadcast and talk about their experiences with him. But it was it was cool. It was a great time. Excited to check out F1 this weekend. It'll be my don't tell anybody, but no one listens to the podcast. So I can say it's my first ever in-person Formula One race. What? Wow. Yeah. I will say Coda cool. might be one of the worst to experience for your first race because it's so big. The track is so big. Yeah, I like, I mean, I like Coda. I like being in Austin. Um, I'm going to try to have a good time with it, though. Thanks, Wesley. No, uh, I mean, because it's, are you, are you in the front straight? I don't know. Just, are, with the VIP chalets? Are you going to have any kind of access to the uh, garages and stuff, that uh, area? I don't know. I, I have an itinerary, but I haven't looked at it yet. Yeah. It'll be cool. I got 24 hours before I have to yeah. leave, so. You'll be watching a lot of the race on TV, which is fine, but. Yeah. You'll, you'll, you will get the experience of the cars blowing past on the it's, train. The first it's going to be fun. Like I said, uh, it is a great time. No matter what you say, Wesley, I'm going to have fun. So <laughs> oh, it's such a downer. But yeah, spooktacular. We did want to get into, I think, do we want to talk about scary car moments first? Or do you want to talk about? We'll, we'll save scary car moments after we talk about some movies. Okay. And then uh, we'll have a little bit of an inter- intermission. We, we've we been. And then do scary car moments. We You know, our, our many fans uh, have been hitting us up on social media, in the email, the social uh, DMing Wesley all the time, like, "Hey, uh, you guys need to do more movie reviews. You need to get back into uh, monster trucks. What's going on with monster I, trucks?" And I'm listening. Yeah, I, I look at those DMs. I don't respond because I'm a very important person, but I'm listening. And we're here. We yeah, we got really some, some GD movie reviews. We're yeah. banking on monster trucks becoming a franchise so that we didn't have to just keep reviewing the same movie. Yeah, but and if you're out there, make it happen. Yeah, come on, please. Th- that movie definitely it changed me. It, well, and it probably made some money too. It couldn't have been that expensive to make. But anyway, it had Tom Lennon in it, who is Thomas Lennon. Yeah, one of hilarious. Them. Yeah. Uh, but we did want to talk about two spooky uh, car movies that we have all seen uh, and, and all rewatched recently. Natalie, as recently as fifteen minutes ago. Yeah, not even. Some, yeah. And we picked these as maybe perfect candidates for your Halloween what a viewing pleasure. Yeah, this is them in the rotation. If you can't do anything that's not car related there are uh you know if you have a uh, a car related uh fixation and, and you, every single aspect of your life has to be car related and you want to watch some scary movies i think these are probably two of the best uh christine the famous Steve, stephen king novel adapted by one john carpenter carpenter adapted by john carpenter uh and then the duel Another is that another Stephen King book? No, no. that's a no. Steven Spielberg movie ah, of the I, week. See, I knew there was a Steven, and it's it's uh it is adapted from mm, a short book or short story or something like that. But it's not it's not a uh, not, not Stephen a Stephen King, King thing. You, you might be thinking of Maximum Overdrive. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of. Well, we're not talking about Maximum we're Overdrive. Out, so. Yeah, uh, uh, we're talking about the duel. Who wants to start and tell us about? I think that chronologically came first. The duel. Yeah, 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 12, 12 years earlier. That's on Graham, because I didn't see that. I also did not do any preparation for this. Shocking no. Emilio Estevez, I apologize. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, so, Graham, tell me about The Duel. What happens? Well, I thought you meant the 2004 Iranian movie. The that's, that's what I meant. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that's what yeah. Yep. No, just kidding. Um so 1971, yep. Steven Spielberg directed. So transport yourself back in your mind to 1971. That kind of weird, gritty, paranoid time. Um, starring a Valiant, Slant Six Power Valiant. And uh, 
which you can tell is a 1971 by wheel covers and wheel covers alone. Mm-hmm. So that, it's a brand new car. Okay. Immediately. Uh, and yeah. it's a it's a traveling businessman's encounter with a you know menacing uh, Peterbilt. Is that you know in period is a, a slant six Valiant? Was that what a, a traveling businessman would drive? I think I mean a cheap economy car. Yeah. Didn't want to spring for the lot of miles on it. Yep. Um, so it's it it's very few words. Um, pretty spare storytelling but it actually does a pretty good job of like the whole you know being menaced by a truck you know there's obviously driver in there that's the enemy but the truck becomes this like really central you know this is grimy oil hauling uh peterbilt and so so how do we get to, so it starts what? off he's he's he hops in the car Leave, he has to leaves go, a nice suburban home yeah he has to go meet somebody for some kind of business deal they don't really explain it wife at home yes wife and kids, kids? which there's some minor comes tension up later. there rotten but, kids no. I don't know about rotten kids. All right, so he leaves. He sets out crossing the desert, going to meet some guy to save some account, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, tries to pass a truck. You know, it's this you know grimy, smoky, you know, Peter vintage like yeah. six, sixteen year old Should car have gone with truck three eighteen. Well, maybe, but you could argue that no other motor but the Slant Six would have carried him through to the end, uh, which it didn't. It did hold uh, on? <laughs> yeah, see, you keep. You like you like to do this thing where you like interrupt the the flow here. The flow. So, Graham's so got basically, a flow going he's uh, he's driving, tries to pass this truck, passes it. Truck blows by him. This you know interplay road rage thing starts happening where it becomes pretty clear that the truck driver's got a real problem with him for no reason. Nothing's uh-huh. ever explained. Yeah, that is the weird. That part happens of the movie. to me a lot on the freeway. Uh, people just get mad at me for no reason. A series of. None at all. This guy's driving. <laughs> <laughs> you and your humble slant six powered valiant. Yeah. Uh, not blowing by people or anything. Right. Not halfway. So there's right. this whole like, you know, tries to force them off the road. Then they get into a long drawn out kind of like, again, duel towards the end where they're you know, racing each other and he's trying to get past this truck. And uh, I don't. Are we doing spoilers or not? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Spoil it, baby. Okay, so this movie came out in 1971. <laughs> I don't know. And it aired on ABC. I had so. not watched it until the. Uh, so yes, yeah, so I had not was, watched uh, it until. A movie, that, so it's made for TV. Yeah, okay. But it did have a cinematic release. So oh. basically, spoiler alert: turn it off now if you want to go watch Duel. It's for free on YouTube. Yeah, we'll just uh, do a, a minute of music here. Yep. Uh, and he uh, he eventually goads the the semi into pushing the Valiant off a uh, cliff, and you know laughs as the 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 wheel finally stops spinning on the semi and, you know, is triumphant. Uh, but he's stuck in the desert, so who knows, maybe he dies. Oh, so he's of, out of the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. He, he wedges sh- his briefcase and uh, the accelerator. And that slant six just keeps going, yep. right? That and, is true. Uh, yeah. yeah. So um, I, I will say, to interject a little bit. Good torque delivery on a slant six. Uh, the most beautiful foreshadowing I've ever seen in a movie. I'm getting to that. Okay, okay, I'm to okay. That. So it's a very simple Premise. economical movie or whatever you want to call it. Yep. Uh but it's it's really kind of well done for what it is. It's a good it's like, movie, yeah. Yeah, it, it, the pacing's good. It kind of lays out the whole, like, it, it makes it pretty plausible. You find out that he's having some, like, you know, tension. There's some argument with his family. He calls him from a payphone, and, like, that sets up the, like, oh, why is this guy so pissed off driving, you know? Like, yeah. oh, well, there's some drama going on. He's got to make it to this meeting so we can't just be cool and let the truck be slow. Mm-hmm. So it gets into it with the truck. And he has uh, to get home fast because his wife is mad at him. Right. Mad at him and for no name, reason. Nameless. And, and his mother is coming over for dinner. Oh. And yeah, it, so it's just, 
but that's all in the background. That's kind of like it's my basically life right now. Yeah, just, I was yeah. just going to say, that sounds very, basically, very familiar. Wife's mad at me. Uh, <laughs> mom's in town. The only, the only parts of the trucker you ever see are, I think, his boot on the accelerator mm-hmm. and his hand waving him by to try and goad him into passing. So oh, it's very Spielberg. Passing yeah. into a car. Yes. So, it, yeah, it really is just the truck and this, like, disembodied arm and foot. So, you know, it, it doesn't, doesn't get... It's not as cheesy as it sounds. Like, it's actually pretty well done. And, uh, you know, there's parts of it where it's like you kind of you know what's going through the guy's mind. He's like yeah, like trying to explain it to people and they just think he's a nut. Like nobody mm-hmm. would believe that a truck is trying to kill him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, there's this really nice bit of foreshadowing. He pulls into a service <laughs> station and back in the day, I guess people would go and like check your oil and every, any, oil, you know, full oil service. Oil belt hoses. And the guy's like, yeah, you could really use a new radiator hose. And the guy's like, no, I'll take care of it later. And then climactic scene at the end while he's climbing he's climbing a grade yeah trucks coming up behind him uh-huh. the hose blows oof oof uh and he says something like i should have gotten a new radiator hose <laughs> <laughs> i should have, I, 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 I a little on the yeah, yeah. 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 I, commercial I, breaks I, I believe it is steven spielberg <laughs> i believe his quote was i should have got a new mopar parts yeah. Yeah. radiator hose new for my mopar parts catalog oh six eight um i will say when i at the at the service station scene I was like, what year is this movie? Okay, it's 1971. What year is this car? All right, it's 1971. Why would that even be an option to get a new radiator? It's a brand new car. Yeah, wow. That's a good point, Wesley. Kind of the whole movie, you know, kind of destroys the whole. It's not really believable. But back in 71... New cars broke down all the time. That was part needed, of the fun. Yeah, he I mean, could have, I mean, he could have been a traveling salesman yeah, on the road exactly. a lot in the Wait, desert. He was, yeah. So that's, that's five hundred thousand miles in the car. Yeah. And, yeah. Right, Come on, Wesley. Well, okay. And Say a hundred thousand. <laughs> all right, I believe that. Yeah. The one thing back that then, like, cars only lasted for like thirty-four thousand miles, I think. Except for those slant six powered. Uh, the, the, well, the slant motors lasted. The, the slant six outlived the car. Yeah. Effectively. You know, the most amazing thing that you could never, I mean, you you couldn't really make a movie like this. You know, that movie Rubber we tried to talk about kind of yeah. had the same, like, Oof. it was going for that, like, feel. Yeah, but that was it, just a pointless. Kind of like Fury Road, too, where the, it's yeah, just yeah, one massive car chase. Yeah. Well, but, but so he goads the, uh, the, the fuel oil hauler mm-hmm. to smash his car and drive it off a cliff. Flies off the cliff. Slow mo shot of it rolling down the cliff, uh-huh. and they really it's laying there. It's a that's a real shot yeah. too. They really very impressive. A valiant, you can and see a like truck. blood or is it oil dripping down the steering wheel? We'll never know. It doesn't blow up. I was waiting for it to just be like <laughs> yeah, a medical like, like pay for the right. But fire like team. you could never make a movie like that now where you drive a fuel oil I truck saw, over the cliff and it doesn't explode into a mushroom. But I cloud. think I saw an interview with Spielberg where he talks about that exact thing. Oh really? Yeah. About where he refused to make them blow up. I thought huh. that was cool. I was like, that's really like <laughs> I'm imp- like, I'm impressed yeah. at the restraint. But yeah, I I thought it worked as a scary car related movie because mm-hmm. it didn't try to make it it was so mundane it's like we've all been whether we're driving like assholes or not in situations where it's like someone's mad at you for no reason or, can't understand or it. it's just like yeah why is this guy being why is this guy being a jerk like is he is it personal yeah. is he like because the guy can't believe that this truck is being or so is, aggressive towards him or effort. flip that it's other people on the road wondering why I'm being well, right. fair <laughs> or, or is it some vehicular or serial killer right. or something right. horrible who like just it. that's his gig is he drives around not Keanu. making his shipment ever and just kills people <laughs> which is why the truck is so grimy <laughs> he's just fueling it out of the back of the truck <laughs> yeah. but you know it's like it, it's so like 
it's not like the car is possessed. It's not like Christine, which we'll yeah. get into. It's not like this weird, like supernatural, like, oh, the car is now in, you know, the a demon possessed truck hunts down a man. It's like just a random mundane thing, which is, you know, that's like the essence of creepiness, right? It's like a somewhat normal thing that's a little bit off. So yeah. it's weird yeah. and like, it's spooky. So I don't spooky, know. but not scary. Well, but or that's creepy, what we're going for. Creepy and scary, but not spooky. Definitely, it's thrilling. not like oh, and there was a skeleton in the truck the whole time. <laughs> it's like just some weird thing that could happen to anybody. Uh-huh. Like you could be on some back road in the middle of Wyoming, and no one would ever know. Here's uh, here's where I don't think you could make that movie today. So one of the two people would have a gun, and that would solve this problem immediately. True. Well, what? like like getting into a side by side. He never gets up to the driver. But you could shoot a tire out. You could. You yeah, could, but then, he's got okay, 17 if you're, you're going to go there, <laughs> then true. they would never have made any kung fu movie. Right. right. So. Yeah. I mean. And which they still make beautiful kung fu movies today. They still make beautiful kung fu movies. Did you watch this one, Natalie? I forgot. Dual? No. Okay. I've never seen it. But I'm just, I'm left wondering, Graham, was it in fact creepy? Yeah, I think it, I it think got it under was my skin. creepy. Like, yeah, again, I don't know if it's good tension. Spooky, but yeah, tense. And it's like one of those things where. Again, like weird things happen on the road. Uh, they're not supernatural necessarily, but they're just like you know, it, yeah. people are scarier than any you know any paranormal yeah, things, any right? Skeleton. So that's uh, uh, I don't know. That's why I thought okay. it worked. Yeah, because it, it, again, it wasn't like a maximum a overdrive yeah. where like a meteor the, makes takes over right, the, and now suddenly all the all the appliances are trying to kill us, and yeah. then there's a semi with a clown face on it, and it's ooh wow like. Obviously, that's that's so laughable. <laughs> and the machine gun jeep yeah. uh, forces everybody to fuel up. So I don't know. It, I thought it was it was way better than I was expecting going into it. So. Same, same. No, I watched it Saturday night um, with Jennifer, my girlfriend, who fell asleep after the opening shout sequence. Out, shout out Jennifer. Shout out Jen. Um, I didn't know what I was getting into. I was expecting like a maximum overdrive cheese fest, mm-hmm. but what I got was like a nice piece of like new Hollywood minimalist cinema, which was made for TV mm-hmm. and. There's some really interesting, like the cafe scene or the diner scene after uh, Mr. David Mann with his wife. Oh, Mrs. yeah. Mann. Like he gets run off the road and he's like, I got a little bit of whiplash. So he goes to a diner and he sees like a, like a, a bar full of truck drivers. Your typical truck driving types. Yeah. Your typical Brown boots, straw hat. Stetson. Yeah. A little overweight, uh, a little messy. And he doesn't see the truck because the truck obviously had just kept, kept trucking as trucks tend to do. Yeah. And then he looks through the window. There it is. There. It's right there. And one, one of one of the customers drives that truck. But he can't tell which one. Exactly. Mm. So and he's a passive aggressive. Like he doesn't want to confront. Like, well, because if the he, truck driver was really mad at him, he could have come over and been like, hey, dude, you fucking passed me. You're driving like an asshole. Worse. He runs through all the scenarios. Yeah. Like he's like, he goes he, in his head. He pictures like, all right, I'm going to go up to this guy, buy him a beer and see what happens. And then eventually he gets punched out. Oh, I've, yeah. By the yeah. guy? By, By one of the... Not not that guy. And then that guy. guy goes out and hops into a different truck and drives away. Yeah. It's it's pretty tense. Like, it's it's good. Like it's a little... It's a little it's unsettling. A little weird even. and, like, maybe a little overwrought. In the, it's a made-for-TV movie. Yeah. But, like, pretty, uh, pretty well done for what could have been just, like, a throwaway movie. Um, so, so uh, we, were, we were supposed to... Oh, and when I say we, I mean me. I was supposed to bring in my e-meter from Scientology and we were gonna play with it and see how spooked out everybody was mm. uh, I forgot to do it and Natalie would have been mad if I did it anyway so I didn't um, but, but what we can do is Graham and I who watch, we both yeah. watch a movie we can just say if it's worth rate it. 90 minutes well you can rate it 
on, on the spookometer? Least, yeah. So 10 being the most spooky and zero being not spooky at all. Graham, what do you got? Mm. I, see, I'd only give it like a four, but I'd still say it's good. It's tense. It's more of a thriller than a... Than uh, a it's a number you have to give me, just like a... I did. I said four. Okay. This is more of a thriller. It's not really like a... So I, I see your four, but in the same thriller aspect, I want to I want to give it a six, okay. where it's like pretty spooky. It's it's very tense. Yeah. It lives up to the whole thriller. So like, you you would recommend it though, even though you only gave it a four out of ten. Yeah, check it out. Oh yeah, it's good. Yeah, it's free on YouTube. It doesn't get much better than that. Yeah. And uh, there's like eight different uploads of it. So if one gets taken down, you can just keep you can just keep going through it. Take that Spielberg. All right, Natalie. Uh, since you missed the other one, and I. Miss both. Miss both. You're in charge of Christine. Okay, so. Little background. A little background. Christine is based on the novel, I suppose, by um, Stephen King, which I never read. So I don't have a point of comparison. I actually did read that. And it it shares the same name. Shares the same name, apparently. Um, And it is the story of um, the incongruous pairing of the captain of the football team and his best friend, who is the uber nerd of the school. A genuine dweeb. Yes, who who the football player, who the jock takes care of and um, makes sure to uh, protect and nurture in all the ways that the the um, the silverback jock will do of the uber dweeb. For every Arnie, there's a Dennis um, and their buddies. And uh, at some point, Dennis, the jock, um, is driving Arnie, or as his mother calls him, Arnold, home. And Arnie and a, spots... And a, a plum-crazy challenger. Or charger. A charger. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yes. A crazy, crazy good-looking car for a 17-year-old. Yeah. Um, and Arnie spots in the backyard of this broken-down shack a rusted-out Hulk. And he uh, makes his friend stop because there's a for-sale sign on it. And um, his incredulous friend... Uh, is trying in every way to get Arnie not to buy this car, but Arnie is somehow magically drawn to this car. But the backstory, I guess we didn't start out, I didn't start out in the in the right era, is um, you see this car on the line in Detroit, uh-huh. Michigan, being built. Um, and it is, a, it is September of 1957, I believe. And you see this 1958 Plymouth, is it a Fury? It's... Mm-hmm. Well, te- here we go. Te- technically a fury. It's pitched as a fury. In the book, it's a fury. In the book, it's a fury. Yeah. Okay. And so, I think in the movie, they, they reference it being a fury, but there's something wrong with it, Wesley. Go ahead and explain. Uh, well, they uh, used a mix. He can't of, resist, right? They yeah. used a mix. In the, can, it's like all agitated. I know. Like a, <laughs> in, the, in the film, they used a mix of furies and velveteers. Um, for a lot of reasons, you can kind of tell the difference, but they kind of adjusted the velveteers to kind of look like half ass furies. But the big get. Uh, one is the paint that you couldn't get an autumn red fury. Which they do mention in the is movie. It, which they fix in the movie. They don't fix that in the book. <laughs> and in the book, it's also a four-door Plymouth Fury, which if you look up build, do- uh, build codes, build numbers, and body styles and of 58 Plymouth Furies, you'll see they made exactly zero. They okay. the, the four-door Fury didn't exist until and 1959. And it's embarrassing inconsistencies like that that have kept Stephen King down for all these <laughs> <Yeah>. years. <laughs> Idiot. What a dumbass. Can't yeah. move a book to save his life. Just uh, mad on Twitter now, that guy. Right. Uh, anyway. Okay, so, so back at the birth of this car on the line, somehow 
this car radio goes on while it's on the line being built in final assembly and then a gentleman gets on in final inspection like, and like the foreman guy basically. yes he gets in and he's smoking his cigar and he lets the cigar ash and the next thing you see at night because they shut down factories at night oh, is, yep. is the man is the foreman or somebody going through and wondering why this car radio is on and he opens the door and oh my god this body falls out because this car was so upset clearly at this but man cigar, cigar. for smoking the cigar that he um killed she she killed but bef- right before that the reason the foreman's there is because the the qc guy was he popped the hood to check some stuff out and then christine the angry car chomped him, chomped him. Uh, chomped un- his hand off un- i mean un- we gotta stop this Unprovoked. is too scary for me it, it's this is cross it's, it's okay Okay, (laughs) Okay, so back to Dennis and Arnie. Arnie then clearly falls in love with this car. He gets the backstory that this car's name is Christine. You don't find out direct. Arnie doesn't find out directly that the previous owner, who also was head over heels in love with Christine, um, quote unquote, committed suicide in the car. Um, And his friend Dennis at some point finds this out. But Arnie um, is ignorant of that. So regardless, Arnie goes on to pamper this car and... I have to say, I have to stop now in the plot line and say, maybe the single best part of the movie was that when he buys a car, he proceeds to get in an argument with his mother who doesn't want this Hulk parked in her driveway. Mm -hmm. So he drives it to Darnell's do-it-yourself garage. Mm -hmm. And I say to myself, why the hell don't we have places like this? Right, That's true. Yeah, that is a good takeaway. That was like, he drives it into this giant old... It's a Where, junkyard and yeah, warehouse. Junkyard yeah, junkyard warehouse place. You rent a stall. You rent a stall. They, they do have those, actually. East Around Coast? here? No, no. No, like not. But I've wrote a... Uh, they, yeah. It's a total business opportunity yeah. for us. And he drives in at, after hours, and Darnell says, this place is for working stiffs, trying to keep their cars together, not for some young punk trying rich to... Rich young punk. Rich, rich young punk to try to do whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it kills So you know he's getting killed. Arnie or Darnell? Darnell. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Everybody dies in this movie. In the book, at least. This It was uh, a lot of carnage happening. Carnage. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's not good. Um, so, so who, yes, but he continue. pulls a car into Darnell's do-it-yourself garage, and now I'm fixated on the fact that we don't have a Darnell's do-it-yourself garage around here. So here's one thing about this. So Christine, when, when uh, she's pulled out of the guy's yard, who's the guy? What's the guy's name? Uh, they, George LeBay. Yeah, in the film they changed the owner, which was originally Roland LeBay in the book, to Ronald LeBay. That's an important distinction. Mm. Uh, but the so he is like this decrepit guy with a back brace, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And um, which looks weirdly like a girdle. But. Yeah, and the the uh, he's like all gross mm-hmm. and sweaty, and then uh, the car is all. Like trash. The body is completely is rusted Which, out. There's no interior. So the, the year of this movie uh-huh. is nineteen seventy eight. This is a twenty year old car and sure. it's twenty one years old. Act, well model year. Uh-huh. Fifty eight. So it's an it's a completely clapped out trash twenty year old car, mm-hmm. which no one in the right mind would be like, I want that one. Not the mildly well, I mean, mildly literally does make everyone a point in this room. As he's writing his checkout to purchase it. It's ugly that like me, yeah. Before that, he says to his friend Dennis. This is a twenty-year-old car. Do you understand that? Officially, officially makes it. It officially makes it an antique. So but he could have bought a good one <laughs> for, for about the same money. But the so the the premise, fast forwarding a little bit, 
is that this car can like self heal. Yeah, and, this uh, car self heals, and it makes Arnie hot. It makes Arnie absolutely. Yeah, he. I mean, he then proceeds to date the hottest, brainiest chick in school. What's his name's girlfriend? Dennis's no, girlfriend. Uh, right? No, Dennis and, wanted and to the, date oh, in the lay. in the book. Yeah, yeah. Dennis's girlfriend. But we're getting yes. we're getting ahead. So that my point is, how did the car get all ratty? And how did uh, the guy get the girdle and stuff? Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, if this car can self-heal and also make people hot, mm, was it, it just waiting for Arnie? It was waiting, it, it for, was waiting for an owner. Right, but the LeBay had it. It needs somebody, but, no. but he hated it. As yeah. LeBay said to Dennis, my brother had the same look in his uh, eyes yeah, as Arnie did. So you car. don't know your friend as well as you think you do. Uh, so Arnie had the hots for this car from the get-go the okay. same way as LeBay's brother. And he also his introduces brother. the best swear word I have ever heard in my life. What what is it? Because uh, they make a big deal of it in the in the book that he keeps saying this word. And it, this word, hey, if you're under thirteen, <laughs> close them, earmuffs right now. Okay, all right, adults now, uh, shitter. Yes, that which is, is the best true. the best swear word. I don't true. know. I don't know if he if that was the it one. It will in the not. Book. It will not. Um, <laughs> I think abide it is. any shitters. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay, so so at, what, at some point though, literal shit comes into play. Uh, yep. Because all of the all the, the jobs, all, all the let's let's okay, we're we're trying to let's take it chronologically. I'm sorry, I I took it a, into a digression. So picks up the car, takes it to Darnell. Uh, do it yourself. Yep. Garage. Okay. The the fascinating thing that we don't learn until later when the car heals itself, uh, we see Arnie kind of messing around in Darnell's, right? Like mm-hmm. just kind of fiddling. He doesn't have a mechanical background. No, no mechanical background. He is in shop class. He, he, shop do, class. he does take shop he class. He does class, take which, auto shop. Again, anyone under the age of, say, 40, shop class was this thing uh, where that you, you took at school. And you'd learn a trade or learn, you'd kind of get a sampling of trades. Uh, you'd learn how to do stuff. Um, he is specifically in auto shop, though, at school. Oh, wow. Yes. Yep. But we see the car fixing itself when. In the book, it, it describes this clearly. Later in the book, all he did was sit in the car. He didn't really do yeah, anything. Yeah. And, and the and the people at Darnell's are like, when they're like, "Good taste, oh, good hands, bad tasting cars." Are mm-hmm. like, "Huh, got brand new windshield wipers on a busted windshield. That doesn't make a lot of sense. Oh, and you got half a grill. What's going on here?" It kind of foreshadows that the car something spooky's happening. Mm-hmm. So mm. the, I didn't have that takeaway. No, no. It's mm. it's it's written out clearly in the book. It might have been, unfortunately, but, like I said, I watched the crappy movie and, and it's so it good. Was, what are you talking about? Was also doing work. <laughs> was also at the office. But, but it was on my second screen yeah. at work. So what the what happens in shop class? Like what's, okay, what's so, the big the action in shop class? He goes back to shop class and all of the um, appropriately uh, burnout uh, types, the burnout, JDs. Yes. Yeah. Um, what's a JD? Juvenile delinquent. Uh huh. Who all look like riffs on Joe Cocker. Um, <laughs> steal his lunch. And Dennis realizes this when um, his dweeby friend doesn't join him for lunch out in the yard. He comes to his rescue and they're all playing keep away with Arnie's lunch b- before the main... Buddy Ripperton. Buddy. Buddy Ripperton. Stabs with his switchblade Arnie's lunch and splats the yogurt everywhere. Take that lunch. After his mother told him to please keep it cool because there was a yogurt, yogurt in, there. in his lunch. Oh, boy. Um... <clears throat> So Dennis shows up, gives them a little bit of a smackdown. Then they basically tattle on all the shop rats to the shop teacher. The shop teacher then also gives them a bit of a verbal slapdown. So now they, they also narc on him for having a knife. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Good. And so oh, does basically. Does he get kicked out of school? Yep. Buddy? Yeah. Yep. Okay. They set it up that now these guys are pissed at him. 
and they proceed to find out where uh, Christine is Captain. living and fully restored in like a matter of a two or three week span. Yeah, we've we've had an overhaul in yeah. like <laughs> less. Uh, yes, it did not take the entire half hour mm. to get it restored. Because yeah. um, he well he drives it to the football game where his friend Dennis sees him making out with Lee, the, yep. the hot girl in school. Yep. And then that buddy also and proceeds sees to this. break his neck. Yeah, because he's distracted while going oh, yeah. out for a long pass yeah. by the makeout session. Yeah, which was kind of grotesque, if you ask. There's, I will tell you in the book, uh, much like Stephen King's early <laughs> oeuvre or whatever, however you say that, <laughs> oeuvre. A lot of teenagers uh, talking about their body functions, yeah, a lot of scandalous sexual stuff. Yeah, so seems to be kind of a fixation with Steve uh, King. Um, just in allegedly something I, something I noticed uh not that he's ever acted on it i don't not that i'm aware of but certainly not shy about writing about it so uh, so it, buddy reberton and crew they see this car they're like they Who, find out they who's find this out? jerk yes and because yeah all the shop rats are also at this football game yeah. um booing and hollering as and they see uh arnie pull up in this now pristine christine Mm -hmm. um, find out where the car is being stored and they sneak in one night with their switchblades and their hammers and whatever and they beat and the their shit bowels. and they yes and they beat the yes car. they literally beat the shit out of this car and then leave some of it inside the car on the dashboard on the dashboard um, at which point the next day Arnie comes or that night Arnie comes back. He with left me. his wallet in the car or something, yeah, which seems strange. Oh, Arnie, come on! Just I will say one, the, where this deviates from the book. Uh, after Christine's restored, uh, he brings it home, and uh, he's like, "Hey, my car's nice now. Can I park it at home?" And his mom freaks out and is like, "No, there's no way." So his dad gets him a thirty-day pass at the airport, long-term parking, <laughs> where that's where Buddy destroys it. In the book. In the book. At mm. the airport. Which makes a little bit more sense because it's less secure than Darnell's, but it's just a... Continuity. <laughs> <laughs> twists and turns here. Yeah. Um, I've seen both. Yep. Uh, anyway, so uh, they come destroy the car. They destroy the car. And Arnie, Arnie finds it. Arnie finds it. Lee, he brings Lee back there because she refuses at some point to ever go in the car again because she says he loves the car more than her. Feels like it's watching her. She smacked the car at some point. And almost choked to death on a hot dog. She That's did. Right. Um, Which could happen to anybody. It, it can. Yep. And uh, so there. she refuses to go in the car anymore. But regardless, he convinces her to come back to Darnell's with him so, so that he can retrieve his wallet. And that's when he discovers that the car has been destroyed. Um, and pooped in. Pardon? Pooped in. And pooped in. <laughs> um, the car is destroyed. Um, the car then follows the fat kid home. The car is possessed. Yeah. <laughs> it comes down. And the car, the car is car taking is, revenge. The car it starts is, killing now. Is, is inexplicably jealous and, and rageful. Bloodthirsty, yeah. And, and generally possessed. And so it likes to kill. It, kill. it proceeds to basically kill, in various ways, all the shop kids. Mm -hmm. Um, and then it proceeds to kill Darnell, uh -huh. despite the fact that Darnell gave it a place to stay dry, told Arnie that he could, for exchange for working at the shop, he could he could use all the spare parts he wanted. Yep. He could raid the junkyard for free. So Darnell really was like on Christine's side. Regardless, the car goes and kills everybody. 
repairs itself in between mm-hmm. each time, kills more, then Just repairs itself. Smashes. Smashes, people. yeah. Starts on fire at one point. It's at one point it sets um it sets a whole gas station on fire, yeah. it comes out of the fire, repairs itself. It does the opposite of duel. There's a massive explosion mm-hmm. uh, where Christine is engulfed in flames after a pretty nice little car chase. Yeah. And so so at this uh, point Yeah, there was a big car chase. Not right? a big but it's yeah. small, it's nice. The, the Z yeah. It's not yeah. Ronin. Yeah, no. It's not, it's yeah. not Ronin. <laughs> little Z twenty eight action. Yeah. yeah. Versus a fifty eight Plymouth. So uh and then after all the murdering. Christine and Arnie now, who is fully engulfed. Greaser. Yeah. He looks yeah. like he a is, greaser. Yes, they have looks mind like melded Wesley. completely now. Yeah. Yes, he does. He does look like a. <laughs> oh, it's bad. Yeah, I got um, called that a lot in high school. You got he, called Arnie by yeah, really by one person who said it lovingly, but like I was like, shut up, dude. That's pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not that much of a dweeb. Yeah. So now Christine and Arnie go after Dennis and Lee. So then, <laughs> at the end, Christine, Lee and Dennis are hooking up. They, they've been slowly hooking up this whole time. Yeah. Christine and our. Accidentally gets Arnie killed accidentally on purpose. Wait, he's because Arnie is chasing after Lee trying to kill Lee while at the wheel of Christine. Uh So he crashes through the office in Darnell's and the glass impales him and he dies. And this this is a new one because this is the first time Arnie has ever been part of a kill. Previously, it's only been Christine. It's been Christine. Mm -hmm. Um, So now Arnie is behind the wheel. He's like I said, completely mind melded with this car now. Wait, didn't you say who gets killed? Arnie. Arnie. He goes to the windshield and his heart's punctured basically along or whatever. Sure, sure. So now it's just Christine, back to Christine against Lee and Dennis. With the body in the car. Dennis with a a left knee that doesn't work is manually clutching a giant tractor uh, uh, with his hand. Bulldozer, yeah. 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 Pushing his hand down on his knee to make sure he could shift this thing. And he uses Lee basically as bait. Christine's going after Lee and Dennis then successfully squashes uh, Christine, but with a bulldozer, the part that it that sort of destroys the whole notion of them actually destroying, like defeating this possessed car, is that the odometer is slowly going backwards on Christine the mm-hmm. whole time. So by the time Christine lines up to kill Lee, the odometer goes back to zero, and Christine shuts off right when Dennis is squashing her. So oh. it sort of like renders the whole. So she was gonna. Chill she was out gonna. Yeah. yeah, she was on her way to whatever you know, winding to car down. heaven. So then you the next time you see Christine, she's squashed into a cube. Cube. She's deposited in the back of the junkyard. Um, Dennis and Lee and the police officer are sort of looking over this cube. And as they walk away, a little tiny piece of the grill in the squashed cube. Yeah, squeaks. Um, So in the book, this that plays out the same, but we find out someone else dies a couple months after this so who i forget who i think it's one of uh (laughs) (laughs) if you know who leave your comments below if you remember who i think it was the cop i think the cop got killed in like arizona or something just the guy completely unrelated what actor guy hit by that's the um plane crash the actor from alien what's his name oh it's uh yeah yeah it's um uh, Dean Stanton, Harry yeah, Dean Stanton, yeah, yeah. Uh, who does a good job, basically harassing Arnie. Yeah, 
uh, and Arnie gives him all the teenage answers you'd expect from somebody being harassed by a cop. Yes, he so, does. Increase uh, with increasing uppityness. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, got the receipt As for Christine the paint. Christine takes over more and more of his soul. Brain. Yeah. yeah. So uh, ten million dollars. Uh, box office total of anyone want to take a guess? This is ten million dollars budget to make. Budget, yeah, nineteen eighty three, the year after I was born. Okay, uh, twenty years before uh, Wesley and Graham were born. Thereabouts. Um, so we were, we're playing over on we're playing Price is Right rules. I want you to tell me, yeah, exactly how much what the box office was in nineteen eighty three. In eighty three dollars, yeah, forty three million. God, jeez, twelve million. I'm gonna guess thirty six million dollars. Twenty-one million dollars. So, uh, so I didn't go over. No, Price is Right rules. Um, so a good, uh, successful film um, in that respect. Financially successful, the studio is happy. Uh, good for John Carpenter. Good for uh, Stephen yeah, King. John Carpenter did some good work. Some very good. I cannot yeah. count this among it. See, really? Yeah. I've been thinking about it, uh-huh. and I am going to go out on a limb uh-huh. and say that the car is actually some kind of weird metaphor for cocaine. And I believe the, it. The destructive. That's uh, not crazy. The destructive. Uh, that makes you better looking. And yeah. Yeah. It makes you better powerful. looking. But Kill, then. Kills your friends. Attractive. But then it starts to control and destroy you. Um, well, and eventually for, you end up. yourself, Graham. Eventually up and end up underneath a bulldozer <laughs> or in a cube somewhere. So Oh, definitely in a cube. As someone who has a car with some really bad mechanical problems uh-huh. and a fair share of cosmetic problems, kind of makes me think like. I could have a car that was like a little bit bloodthirsty. Yeah, that would at least it would be worth it. Maintain itself, oh, yeah. not yeah. completely sure. yeah. regenerate. Yeah. That would be a good oh, trade-off. Totally. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I would sacrifice just about anybody to the nine eleven. That studio. was a well, really good effect, though, yeah. in the movie mm-hmm. of how Christine healed herself every yeah. time. I was left wondering how they actually did that in 1982 technology yeah. or whatever 83 technology. Animation. I've got an answer. Uh, what? Okay. I mean, they just filmed destroying it backwards and then yeah played it backwards but how do you i mean you don't see the hands or anything squishing what, what it, if no? they pulled like like welded a wire to the inside and but like you'd see the, the whole bumper like uncrumple like yeah that. i mean it was really good I, I thought it was really good effects I, I think it basically was stop motion but like they'd kunk, 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 kunk. it was very good and then the second thing i lo- was left with was how many cars did they destroy in making this movie mm, 21 they had 20 that, they had 24 <clears throat> cars and three survived I, it was that was the one thing that felt very wasteful to me mm-hmm. was that they had to destroy a lot of cars. Um, Boy, you should not watch the Blues Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are a lot of cars, in there. but that I will. Was, I will say the Blues Brothers yeah, are destroying but cars. Are, they're not destroying Virgil Exner's like pinnacle design. Yes, they're, the, that the '58 Plymouth is like up there with the '58 DeSoto yeah. of pinnacle forward look Mopar. The uh, the one thing that was my one criticism of Fast Eight. Uh, they destroyed a lot of Lottas in that movie. Oh, yeah, that kind hurt of a you, didn't bummer. it? Bummer. Yeah. yeah. But the thing that ties both Duel and Christine together, obvious. Not quality. Not, uh, obvious uh, nod to Plymouths. Uh, both Plymouths are star. Yeah. Yeah. And in Duel, uh, obviously, Duel's filmed 12 years before Christine. Uh-huh. Uh, there's a big junkyard, not like a junkyard, but like a yard full of scrap cars, yeah. as happens in the desert. Two forward look Mopars. Huh. Aaron sitting uh, there. Back oh, and watch that it. is a, hmm. a little uh, a little Easter egg for Wesley. Didn't, didn't yeah. the old, there was like an old couple that that tooled up. Wasn't that a Mopar? That like a, was like a, little a green or something? yeah yeah. It was a like a so all the good guys in this car drove Mopars. I don't I don't think that's an accident. Mopar product placement. Okay, it's been hard so 
Oh yeah, you know, actually, that's another uh, inc- uh, interesting little tie here to Monster Trucks. If you'll recall, <laughs> <laughs> all the Mopar product placement in Monster yeah. Trucks. Uh, I forgot so about that. These episodes of the podcast brought to you by our friends at FCA. Uh, no, let's go ahead and uh, rate this. I think we that we can agree the spooky thing requires a so we'll do a, a quality one and a spooky one. So you'll rate it on one to ten for spookiness. And then one to ten for watchability. The spookiness to me is is rendered completely moot by the fact that in the very first scene, they tell you that this car is possessed with no explanation. Uh-huh. So you know right from the get go that this is a is a ghosted car uh-huh. of some sort, and it does bad things. Right. So there's no spookiness. Yeah, there is like, no spookiness. There's the. The what is what is given to you in the very first scene is what you get for the next two hours. There's exactly a a, a slow burn there. A little a little bit of gore, but that's it. But you do No, I was wanting more gore. When the Uh, fat kid was chopped in half. Yeah. And they didn't show it. It was Harry Dean Stan that told us. Oh. Whatever his name is, uh, so the but cleaned him off the ground with a shovel. Yes, Ooh. but we never get to see that. At least if I could. Yeah. No, no, yeah, yes. Some some gore. So but there is, if I recall, there's kind of a tension building through the process of Arnie getting like more and more uh, hot and angry and like hot headed and yelling at everybody. And then you just wonder like eventually is something going to happen. When's he going to snap? Well, yeah. also part of, part of that is rendered moot as well because his mom is such a harpy yeah. from the get go. Like you don't care if she Yeah. You don't yeah. care that he starts giving yeah, a lip. There's not a lot like, of, no, yeah. like you would expect that. Okay. But. So I, I rating, say, rating on one to 10 for spookiness. One. Um, with one. Oof. I will say, Graham. Uh, yeah, I. I mean, it's more spooky than uh, Duel to me. So, like, I don't know, like three, four. Oh. Well, you give four. To Wait, no, that's right. Yeah, I'm thinking like it's it's like uh, five, six. I meant. Okay, what were you saying? Oh, around? Uh, I will say we don't explicitly see Arnie Cunningham buried, and he's a senior in high school. Mm. He plays Keith Gordon plays. Uh, What's his face? His son. No respect. Oh, he does. Back to school. Back to school. Yeah, so maybe he went. He to, <laughs> maybe he went to college yeah, and his stepdad is Ronnie Danger. Yeah, that'd be cool. So my question with this is, well, I'll wait for you to give your spooky. Oh, uh, one. Yeah, it's not oh, spooky at all. Okay. If if it had been well done, and if the if it hadn't been like all the exposition, like this car is possessed and bad things are going to happen in this movie, if that had been more subtle, could this? concept have ever been turned into a like really scary movie because i think our argument is that cars aren't really scary so like if it had been executed better we when was this movie made 83 and when was the thing made do you know i don't know john carpenter's Uh, that's earlier though right that to me like i can watch that movie a thousand times and be spooked yeah no every time it's one of my favorite 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 spooky movies okay so i know that this guy right if now given john carpenter with a different, with a different screenplay, okay, mm-hmm. that you are not given away right from the beginning that the car is possessed, but that is something that you have to maybe somehow piece together given the actions that are happening uh-huh, right. around them. John Carpenter could have made this a spooky movie. I trust, given what you just said. Uh, would you have been afraid of Furies after seeing? I might have it? in because the same way you'd be afraid. I never of like stepped a off couches. Af, like without jumping three feet away after seeing the blob when I was eight years old. 
I will. So, so the thing, okay. the thing was the movie that immediately preceded this. God, Ooh. the thing is so, so, so good. So Dark I will Star, say, Assault on Precinct 13, Someone's Watching Me, Halloween, Elvis, so The good. Fog, Escape from New York, The Thing, Christine, Starman. The, the, the thing is literally one of my favorite, favorite scary movies of the, all the time. The really, really big difference in the movie and the book is in the book, the car is not evil. The car is just possessed by the spirit of Mr. LeBay, which... Which is backwards from the Yeah, yeah. From the, the, movie. the movie, and this is where the, I get lost in the movie, it's like, this is, a car can't be possessed when it's brand new. That makes no sense. Mm. The car well, just can't be bad. I mean, it, it's not sentient. Some might argue that... It, they can be ju- they can be built poorly. We're suspending some disbelief there, that, but yeah, yeah. But I mean, it just I don't know why they made the screenplay like I guess for time reasons. Like, but I mean, then ghost movies exist. Yeah. So okay. So uh, that's a watchability th- rating. I I I watched it because I had to. So and I watch a lot of crappy TV. Gotta have a number. A lot of really bad movies. You ever oh. watch those uh, garage sale mysteries on uh, on uh, what do you call it? Hallmark, Hallmark Mystery Channel? With the ma- uh, the Becky from um, Full House, no, John Stamos's wife in that no. movie. Uh, those are awful. Uh, Here, here's the thing: like <laughs> I have been in a, I have been in a lifelong pursuit of genuinely scary movies ever since having been scarred for life when I watched The Exorcist for the first time. Um, a movie so I refuse I pr- to see. I, I because it's fucking. Excuse me. You're, you're fine. Scary as hell. Okay. My mother watched it when I was when it first came out when I was a baby, and she put a picture of Jesus over my crib, and that picture of Jesus followed me until I was like in high school. Why so, would she do that? Because she was scared. Was it oh, the laughing okay. Jesus one? It, no, it was the very serene. Everybody Jesus. had the laughing Jesus. When not I was the a laughing kid. Jesus. You know what I'm talking about with though? the lamb. Yeah, he's ah. Yeah, no, not the lamb. Or the yeah. children. Yeah, no, this was the very serene, like just the whatever. Yeah. Um, but then when I saw The Exorcist, I scared the hell out of myself. And so ever since, no movie has stood up to how scary that movie was. And I'm always looking. And this movie wouldn't. So your number rating is? I don't rate it. Zero. Zero. Off the charts. Graham? I'd say it's like five cheese fest. Like I'd watch it with a bunch of beers. Here's the thing. So I will first watch this movie at like <laughs> six years old, which is very inappropriate. Uh-huh. That's when I saw The Exorcist. Um, this is a solid nine for me. <laughs> <laughs> I could watch. I, um, I could watch this three or four times like, in a row. How many times have you seen this? Oh, movie? I don't know. Dozens, <laughs> dozens oh, of times. More than do- like. Okay, so I've seen American Graffiti probably in the, the thousands realm. Uh-huh. Uh huh. This is cl- easily in the hundreds of times I've seen this. Movie. Uh, <laughs> I, used to, I used to put it on to fall asleep, and that's only a nine for you. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, it's tough to get a ten. Yep. Um, oh, and yeah. admittedly, so I have a lot of nostalgia. Invest- I got it for a VHS for Christmas at like six. A lot of nostalgia thrown in, the, in this movie. So like I watch it as like, I don't know, like a, a security blanket. Mm-hmm. It's also where I learned a lot of my swear words. Uh-huh. But uh, That's why you call everybody shitter. It's true. Yeah. Uh, it's my favorite catchphrase is, uh, if, you could, if you could pour po- boiling water down my throat, I piss ice cubes. Uh-huh. Um, which is a line from, is it in the movie? It's probably. Yes. Okay. Um so it's it's not a good movie. We can all agree it's not a good movie. I don't think it was terrible. I mean, I, I I'm remembering now having seen parts of it, um, but I love it. Yeah, I I I would agree that it's not in the top uh, top quarter of of John Carpenter movies for sure. Um, I say throw it in your like 
if it's either this or Rosemary's Baby, yeah, watch this because Rosemary's Baby is awful. I haven't seen that one. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, see. I wouldn't. I would say don't watch either. They're they're no. Don't watch those Hallmark movies either. Those watch are, the Blob though with Stephen Blob's King. Good. Yep. What about uh, what about Columbo? You ever watch that show? <laughs> Columbo, no. It's extremely boring. It's, it's <laughs> that one and Murder She Wrote are so boring. They move so slowly that it's impossible for me to follow the action. You're not quite in the demographic. It's there during well, that. Christina and, watches them. And with that, I'll say one more thing. One more thing after this intermission. Okay. Oh, and that one last thing. That yeah. one more thing. Okay. The scary one, car story. Scar- well, and. The, uh, really, I think we're talking about the scared, the scaredest we've ever been in a car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> That's what I meant to say. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, so we have three, uh, four of us here who have been in some, uh, the field of automotive journalism, uh, such as it is, for a combined several years. Uh, and we've all had moments, I think, where we were absolutely terrified in a car. So we're going to share couple of those uh, very quickly um, to kind of get you in the mood for Halloween, get you a little freaked out, get you a little scared. Um, but yeah, who wants to start? I will say, okay. I'll, I'll take the reins real fast. Do not, just, just, just do by not saying, tell the story about the bridge. Well, that's, I was going to I was going to say, I have burnt my only scary car okay, story. That was the longest, most pointless story I think I've heard on this. If podcast. you want to listen to my scary car story. Or scared, most scared I've been in a car. Do, except I, for the time I almost do not fell recommend. out. Of, except for the time I almost fell out of my car. Um, Tell us that story. All right. Then listen to the AWPC, like the other spectacular. But I'll tell real fast. Tell you a story about how I almost fell out of my '54 Ford. I was driving. Okay. And Good had start. had previously the day prior adjusted the uh, little striker for my door, mm-hmm. uh, and mind you, my door is. Uh, only operated through a solenoid. It's electric only. There's no manual release inside. Just only no door handle. Hmm. No door handle no, inside no. or outside. Only electric. Um, terrible, I fucking don't. move. Never do that. Don't yeah. do that. If you're listening, don't. It's stupid. It's very cool. Looks cool. It's very stupid. That's how you Corvette yourself? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, even worse, baby. Because um, unlike Mr. Corvette, I, I couldn't stay a, in the car. Wasn't that an XLR? Well, yeah, it, but it's happened in Corvette. It's yeah. Same mm-hmm. thing. So I was turning into the gas station because I needed gas, and my door decided it wanted to be open. And I, not wearing a seatbelt because I'm not legally obligated to, almost fell out of the car. Wait, so did did the the solenoid like so fail and it failed open? No, no, no. I think subject line yeah, because sorry, the, I almost fell out of the car. <laughs> that would have sufficed. Yes. Yeah. Uh, no, because I adjusted the striker because it was dragging. Mm-hmm. And in order to get everything to work right, it kind of has to be on a bit of an edge because uh, Ford, in their infinite wisdom, instead of making a car structurally sound, they just welded a top onto a convertible and it gets a little bendy in the middle sometimes. Mm-hmm. So it makes doors opening a little uh, tricky. Mm-hmm. A little tricky. And when you have a handle, it's not a big deal. You can just like riff on mm-hmm. the handle and just push. With none of that, you kind of got to be oh, yeah. on yeah. point. Yeah. Um, and I apparently, a little loose. Hmm. Or I, I might have sat on my keys because I got a key fob that triggers the doors oh, too. Uh-huh. <laughs> I uh, almost fell out of the wheelies on the track. On the racetrack. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. When I was on the racetrack with the wheelies, no seatbelts and no doors at all. So sh- should have put them on. <laughs> yep. Uh, but th- those are my scary story. I haven't been super scared in a car. 
I actually came with a diagram for mine, which okay. doesn't oh. really help oh. the listeners, but yeah. it will help with me. We'll post it on the story. Yeah, the it's, it's a very, very uh, <clears throat> courtroom ready. So, again, vintage car. It's my 51 Packard. Coming home after high school. Driving it down residential street. Oh, I've heard this story. Towards uh, a nice diagram. Towards a major, you know, cross street or whatever. Uh-huh. And there's, uh, you know, off to my right, there's, uh, you know, another, like a cul-de-sac. And, uh, you know, off... You know, to my right, straight ahead, there's a house on the corner, right? I don't really know what happened. It's a very, like, weird blur. But somehow, brake pedal went to the floor, single master cylinder. Mm-hmm. I went down the side street, around a giant tree and a fire hydrant, and ended up facing perfectly towards the street I was originally, tra- like, trying to go down in the person's driveway, uh, facing that, like, perfectly positioned <laughs> Like, perfectly parked? Uh and so I shut the car off for a second. I was like, what the hell just happened? How did this even, like, mm-hmm. there were no tire marks on the grass, no damage to the car from hopping a curb. I somehow threaded between a tree and a fire hydrant and ended up, like, parked normally in the driveway. Wormhole. That's spooky. Hold on. Brake <laughs> pedal feel came back. I didn't even have to pump it to pressurize it. Yep. Uh, started the car, drove home. That happened home. to that uh, driver out at Laguna Seca on the Lamborghini. What? Same thing must have been. Oh, Hold yeah. On. And the weird thing is, blood. You know, I, I yeah, like, yeah. there was nothing wrong with Box the brakes after. All right. Did nothing. you did you do any research into the previous owners of your Packard? <laughs> I should. No, <laughs> I, I should. Because if, it, it if it's if it was ever registered that address, that shoots your previous yeah. criticism yeah. of Christine <laughs> in the foot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True. I'd be willing to be proved wrong. It would make things a little more <laughs> yeah. spicy. But uh, it was one of those like what a twist I, I couldn't even be scared until later because it was one of those things where it's like it all seemed to happen over the span of about five minutes like the wormhole things right like how the mm-hmm. hell did this mm-hmm. happen when in reality it was a few seconds right it was probably a second. yeah bop, bop, bop. no just, in his reality yeah 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 he was abducted it, in that moment a uh, beam of light traveled through a wormhole yeah. Yeah. oh my god I would, that's yeah. when Graham yeah. became Graham I would yeah, believe exactly. well I already had the Packard so <laughs> <laughs> that probably happened far earlier that was Graham's <laughs> final evolution but, but it was like uh, and it was one of those weird moments where there was nobody around to see it. Like, it was like, where did everybody... Th- that was probably the weirdest part to me. Not a single car for, like, a quarter mile. Like, it was just one of those weird, like, what? How did this even happen? I've driven by that place before. And I'm still like, I don't even know how I got from that position to the driveway and just tooled out like I was pulling out, you know, for the morning drive. Um, um, weird, like... Again, good case for dual master cylinders because if that had happened on the expressway, um, somebody would have died. Probably me. Probably. Uh, well, definitely me, and probably some other people. So I will say, I know it's a, oh, it was a while ago, but do you remember seeing any like flashes of bright light or any like tingling sensation or have like, any fear? Un- unexplained marks on your body? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you been checked out for computer chips? I could make something up. Um, yeah, more more gallons after that. <laughs> play, play, play. <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, you did start. You did start accumulating Packards, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. So, yeah, between two Packards, I have two uh, master cylinders. Like, so. You, look, you don't need more than one reservoir for no. master cylinders. Anyway, no idea how right. that happened, but that's like the scariest that's thing terrifying. that's ever happened. And mostly, like, the scariest part is I just can't explain it, and I couldn't replicate it, and the brake pedals never acted up before. Yeah. And you know, never so. Sense. Um, 
Weird stuff happens. They do I'm seem to have a mind of their own. I give that like an eight. That's very oh, spooky. That's like up yeah. there. I'm that's glad a, I did this now. An yeah. eight, eight and a half, nine. Yeah, for sure. That's terrifying. Yeah, um, um, yeah you should really look in the, re- the history of your car, though, because that would make it even I'm weirder. I'm to you. Yeah, it's, it's haunted. Aside from that, on two wheels, tank slapper moments, <laughs> that gets scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that yeah. gets very scary very so. quickly. I will say on two wheels, once I forgot I was riding a motorcycle uh-huh. and forgot to brake. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I was just thinking about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I was leaving a mire. Uh, and I was just like, yeah, that's what I'm doing today. And I just forgot to brake. Mind you, I only have one brake on my motorcycle because it's cool. It, it saves weight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, instant, I could have wrecked myself because I was coming up with a bunch of parked cars because they were, you know, driving. Uh, and it was a red light. Uh, total hero moment, though. I just split them like I looked like I knew what I was doing. Mm-hmm. It was very I had a scary funny. bike moment, too. I was riding to. Um my the old dealer uh, that i bike, bought the bike, bike dealer, dealer. Okay. The bike dealer yeah and um it's an italian motorcycle that has an automatically retracting Ducati. yeah uh kickstand mm-hmm. side stand on it that i had since had subsequently rectified but pulled up you know nonchalantly put the kickstand down leaned the bike over stepped off and then in the same moment that Graham did not figure know how he got in that driveway, I did not know how I got ended up on the ground because the kickstand had retracted and before in a blink. I don't know how I ended up from sitting on the motorcycle to both of us lying on the ground. Taking a nap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sleeping. Yeah. Just wanted to be tipped over. But I learned at that time, I mean, I learned then that I can easily lift my bike. Well, not easily. I can lift my it's bike. It's possible up by to myself. lift your bike. It's possible. I can I can do it by myself. So that was a good thing to learn. But let's add some let's add two more wheels to this. What is your scariest okay. car story? I have two that I haven't thought about this before coming over here, but I have two and one involving a passenger on a press trip. Yeah. All it was like yeah, it was like ninety seven ish and I would I had taken the first stint of the drive and we were down outside in greater Cincinnati. What are we driving? A Chevy, and I can't remember what Chevy sedan, whatever sedan was launched in '97. Like it probably Malibu, 90... uh, Paula Malibu, ooh, like the little Malibu, yeah, the square one. Well, no, the that'd be first round Malibu '97. Yeah, maybe Malibu. Okay. Um, and so this was later in the year, probably about this time of year. It was for the '98 Chevy sedan, and um, we were in like northern Kentucky, and I had driven the first leg and conditions were deteriorating as I was driving sleet started coming down you could see where just the tire tracks on these two-lane country roads through the cornfields started accumulating right and so by the time I got out at the first lunch burst coffee break whatever and let the lady who I was driving with this little old lady take over she immediately started to drive as quote-unquote spiritedly uh-huh. as I had been with good service. <clears throat> but knowing that conditions were deteriorating, I'm holding my breath going, okay, I could feel the wheel. I, in the passenger seat, could feel the wheel skidding a couple times, and mm-hmm. she seemed oblivious to being able to feel this. And then sure enough, we endo coming around a slight bend, and it was one of those moments where like, we're going flying into a cornfield at 50 miles an hour, and somehow we missed like, the telephone pole. No, we missed an oak tree. No, we hit both. <laughs> we went flying we into the cornfield, and we funny. hit the telephone pole on my A pillar, and it spun us around again, and we ended up <laughs> on the oak tree on my A pillar, 
And one of those things where you see it coming and you just kind of brace yeah. and you hold your breath and you go, this is probably going to sting a little. Yeah. I'm so glad we recorded that. And, um, <laughs> and when we come to a rest, I look down and I can't see my right leg. Oh, no. And I think, shit, that's not good until I realize it's just the door panel had wrapped around. Uh-huh. And I climb out the... the the driver's side and they call a woman in a country little farmhouse across the street had witnessed it she called the ambulance the ambulance shows up all the chevy pierre fi- people who are trailing finally show up and they check me out i'm covered in glass and um they insist on taking me to go get checked checked out at the hospital i'm like i got a pantera concert i gotta get back to tonight <laughs> so i'm just gonna like sign off here and i'm good so that was that was scary in the accidenty sort of way that we probably all Every experience. experience right? I, I've so, never been in an accident. Really? Yeah. Oh. Well, I mean, it's it's doubly scary because when you're not in control of the car, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, you're like just hanging on. And you can see it happen. And the other scary moment was probably when I was 15, 16, 16 years old. And um, maybe right around there. And me and my 10-year-old brother were in the car and my mom had maybe picked me up from school or something and she stopped off at a little market by the house to go pick up like chicken thighs for dinner or something and so my brother and I are sitting in the car and um, I can't remember if it was like a little frosty or something but some of the window was a little obscured or maybe I just couldn't see the man but this man came up to the car and he proceeded to try to open my car door and I was in the front passenger seat and it was locked and he walked to the back door and he tried to jiggle that car door open Whoa. and it was locked and I'm just sitting there going like, what, what the hell do you do, yeah. right? And then he eventually left because for whatever reason, the locks on the doors on that side were locked and the door, I think the driver's side door was not, but he tried both doors on that side of the car and then left. Whoa. That's terrifying. Yes. And then the the kicker is it was the next year, maybe two years later, that Leslie Allen Williams was um, was uh, picked up for um, killing. He was a serial killer in our area. And um, he actually killed one of my brother's friend's girlfriends, and they found her body buried down the road from us. And I always wondered if that what? was like an early Whoa. encounter. Hold on. <laughs> Time out. With Whoa. Leslie Allen. Yes. Was that like the okay. Oakland County child No, that was, that was about so another 15 okay. years prior. Okay. But yeah. So I've known you three years, and this is the first time I'm hearing about this, this local is serial the, killer. This is oh, yeah. Leslie Allen Williams. This was probably um, the late 80s early night i can't place it exactly this um, is the only genuine scary thing we've yes. done on the spectacular yeah, so yeah. he was picked up after having um, in a car i imagine in a car Whoa. he was picked up because he had abducted a lady from a cemetery who was visiting her mother's grave and he had tied her up and threw her in the trunk and somehow he was caught the trunk of a car the trunk of the car uh-huh. he was caught and um she was rescued good and when he was under arrest he somehow confessed or something to have killed like four other people in our area um including uh i think her name was cynthia jones who was a little 15 year old 16 year old girl in our town so i was already i think i was probably already out of the house so 
I was probably 18 when this happened, 18, 19. And this is in Oakland County? Or? This is in Oakland County. Um, this is in Milford where the GM Proving Grounds is another car tie-in. Mm-hmm. Um, and the she, Milford, was, the Milford she was on a little date with her boyfriend in Central Park in Milford when um, her boyfriend claimed that he was tied up to a tree and she was let off at knife point and they never found her. And then he was always blamed, like the gossip in the little town was yeah. this boy was always blamed for her death, her, her disappearance, death. yeah. And then a year later or whatever, they find Leslie Allen Williams and then they um, ended up finding the shallow grave of Cynthia down the street from us. And after the FBI cleared out and having found all the bodies... Um, and as an aside, she was found in a spot on our dirt road where I grew up that used to be a little pull-off point, too. Mm-hmm. So it was a secretive little point like, that you like could a park ma- cars. Like a make-out point? Like a make-out point. Mm-hmm. So they found her there, and they, after the FBI cleared out, my little brother, of course, who I think at this point was like 12, 13, rode his bike down there with his little friends and... Tried to find some... Oh, yeah. They yeah. jumped in to see how deep it was and Bull. checked it out. Yeah. Wait, was this also a coming-of-age moment for your little brother? It was like sort of was a standby. Yeah. It was like a stand-by-me yeah, moment yeah. for them. Yeah. All right. That's the end of the podcast. There's, we had to, like two more bullet points, but there's, that's just <laughs> scary. We, it's just going to get We bad. actually found something scary. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, I think we're good it's there. A, <laughs> yeah. a genuine accident. Uh, uh, but yeah. No one saw this coming. Yep. Uh, so we will be back. Uh, <laughs> for 40. Episode number 40. Uh, wow. Thanks uh, for listening. Uh, go ahead and like and subscribe on the thing and then do the other thing. Yeah, good luck stars. sleeping. Yeah. Uh, man, I'm genuinely <laughs> freaked out by that story. Um, yep. So that's that. <laughs> All right.